Hello, beauties. Welcome to my show, Power and Pleasure, All Things Women's Health. I'm your host, Kim Billick. I'm a women's empowerment and sexual health coach, Reiki master, yoga therapist, and occupational therapist. This podcast is going to be raw and juicy. And yes, we'll be talking about all things women's health uncensored. We'll be talking about periods, hormone health, sex, pleasure, pregnancies, all those things that may be going on down there that are making you feel uncomfortable. Anything that you may be feeling scared or ashamed to talk to your doctor about, your partner, your girlfriend, let's just consider this podcast Real Girl Talk. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at kimbillick underscore or my website www.amala-living.com. Hello, beauties. Welcome back to Power and Pleasure, all things women's health uncensored. And I think today's conversation might get a little uncensored. I am super excited to have Chloe Sherlock. I think you, I said that right. So close. Chloe Sherlock, but it's all good. She's here with me today. And Chloe is a fertility awareness educator and holistic reproductive health practitioner and founder of Cervix portrait party. And I cannot wait to hear a little bit more about what this is. And if I'm missing anything, Chloe, I would love for you just to share a little bit of what you do. Sure. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you've invited me to be on your podcast. So thank you. First of all, I am, yeah, I teach fertility awareness. So I'm a fertility awareness educator. I've been charting my own cycles for 10 years. I have been teaching others to chart, to avoid pregnancy, achieve pregnancy, um, or even get to know themselves better or their health better for the past five years. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. So fertility awareness, I know, I think this is a great conversation to have because myself, and I'm sure you hear it a lot too, women, they go into the doctor and they're just being told, take birth control. Like kind of, this is like our only option, right? But there are other options like what you do. Um, educating women to track their cycle. So can you explain to the listeners a little bit more what that means? Mm -hmm. So fertility awareness is the daily practice of paying attention to your signs of fertility and interpreting them. So you know when you're fertile and when you're not. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what signs are you looking for? There is cervical mucus, basal body temperature, and cervical position. So when you add those three things together, you are able to tune in to see which days you're actually capable of conceiving and which days you're not. And physiologically speaking, we're only capable of actually getting pregnant six days per cycle. Mm -hmm. So you have the egg, right? When you ovulate, the egg has 12 to 24 hours to live. The five days then comes from the fact that sperm can live in your body for three to five days. And so when you add the five days that sperm can live in your body to the one day that the egg has to live, that's where you get those six days. Yes. And I love that you explain that because I feel like a lot of women don't realize this, mm-hmm. uh, that sperm actually, you know, they think depending how your cycle is, like, even if you are having sex towards the end of your period, there could be a slight chance that you could still get pregnant, uh, depending how long totally. that sperm staying with you. So in regards to the cervical mucus and how it changes and even your cervical positioning, what would you, or what would a woman be looking for throughout the different phases of their cycle? And how would you know, um, if you are ovulating, like what, what are the signs? Mm. 
Okay, great question. So the first sign that you pay attention to in a fertility awareness practice is cervical mucus. Because cervical mucus or cervical fluid or whatever you want to call it, that wonderful nectar of fertility, it opens and closes your fertile window. So when you see the cervical mucus, that's when you know that sperm are capable of living in your body and that you're close to ovulation. Because the thing about ovulation is you can't predict when it's going to come. You can only confirm when it's happened. So when you see cervical mucus, you know that it's ovulation is on its way and that sperm can live in your body. So if you're avoiding pregnancy, you just want to avoid sperm getting into your vagina at this time. And checking your cervical mucus is really easy. It's just paying attention to your toilet paper. I bet you and your listeners are already wiping. They're already using toilet paper. So you're just simply going to start thinking about using it consciously. You're going to be consciously wiping. Meaning, you know, first thing you do when you get into the bathroom, fold your toilet paper into a little square. You can make a little cervical mucus canvas. And then take that toilet paper and wipe yourself from front to back before you even go to the bathroom. And just pay attention to how that feels. And observe, what do you see on the toilet paper? And if you can pick anything up off the toilet paper and finger test it and pull it apart between your fingers, that is cervical mucus and you are fertile. Then you go pee or poo or do whatever you got to do. Just take that same piece of toilet paper and do it again. Wipe and ask, how was the sensation? Look and observe, what do I see? And can I pick anything up? And that's as easy as it is. And you do this every single day, all throughout the day, except on your days of heavy and moderate menstruation. So. I know I'm preaching to the choir here on your heavy and moderate days of menstruation is a great time for rest. You can even rest from your cervical mucus observations. Ah, I like that. That's, that's a great reminder. And then how about the cervix positioning? How, how do you find that out and so, how it shifts? Yeah. You have like a dancing cervix right there in your body. So what, oh, what? Um, opens and closes the cervix, what um, makes cervical mucus visible at your vulva and on your toilet paper is the hormone estrogen. And then what plugs it up so that you can't see it is the hormone progesterone. And these are both ovarian hormones. So these ovarian hormones are the same hormones that actually change the position of the uterus and the texture and openness of the cervix. So you could think of the uterus as a balloon. The cervix is the little tie at the end. And so this uterus actually shifts and moves throughout the cycle. That little tie is also shifting too. So some people will feel the cervix as high or low. Um, Maybe some people feel it like it's tilted back towards the rectum or tilted forwards towards, you know, more the urethra or directly out of the vagina. And then you can also pay attention to the texture of the cervix. So it might feel hard, like the tip of your nose or soft, like your lips. And then the opening changes too. So the actual oz, the external oz, the little hole in the cervix will open and close through your cycle. So all you have to do is at the end of your day, make sure you wash your hands, get into a comfortable zip position. I like the squat, but you can also lie down or put one leg up on the toilet or on the bathtub and just insert your longest finger until you feel a little grape with a dimple on it. That's your cervix. If you can't feel it, that's okay. That's an observation too. That means it's super high and hard to reach. So you're just going to go and go in there with your finger, feel your cervix once, um, ask yourself, what's the position, what's the opening and what's the texture. And you just do this every single night, every single day of your cycle. And if you do this for a few cycles, you will begin 
to be able to pick up the subtle changes of your cervix throughout your cycle. And it can be a very confirming sign to let you know where you are in your cycle, especially for people who are concerned that, you know, oh, am I seeing all my mucus? Am I missing my mucus? Or if they even want that added confirmation when they're entering their fertile time, the cervix will change position even before you see the cervical mucus. Great, great information to share. Now, my question is because I help women sometimes that are having intimacy Mm -hmm. um, concerns or issues with their partner, and I will get them to do a pleasure practice. So for them to even just look at themselves at the mirror, you know, grab a hand mirror or do a self-pleasure practice, they're kind of thrown back. So when you share this, you know, with women to check your cervix, do some women are kind of pulled back as well. And they're like, don't feel comfortable touching themselves. And if you do experience this, how do you help them navigate through that? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's, it's even before the cervical position because the cervical position is the third biomarker I teach. So we've already had several um, sessions together before we talk about cervical position, but even requesting that somebody, you know, look at their cervical mucus or pick it up can be just like you, right? And that's just because that's what we're conditioned to think of our bodies as gross and dirty and yucky. And so it like really begins with an invitation to change your perspective, right? Um, but at the same time, everyone is, you know, like we know our bodies better than anyone else. So I would never force somebody to do something that they didn't want to do. It's more so just an invitation to go slow, to listen to your body, to, yeah, feel that expansion when you're ready to, when you're ready to do it. And some people never check their cervical position and that's okay. It's, it's an optional sign. The cervical mucus and the basal body temperature is more important. But mostly I would just say to go slow and listen to your own body. Yes. I love that. And feeling safe. And like you said, make it, or I even tell them to make it like kind of like a meditative practice, you know, that you are connecting with Mm -hmm. yourself, slow breath, and that you're giving yourself self-love. Like this is a practice of self-love of connecting to your cycle. Um, especially if you are trying to conceive, right. Um, connecting to your womb space. Cause there is so much, there's so much power with that. And so you've talked about two of the markers. We didn't talk too much about the the temperature yet. So what are we looking with in regards to temperature when it comes? Mm-hmm. So the same ovarian hormones, right? Estrogen is the dominant hormone in the first half of our cycle, which opens the cervix and allows cervical mucus to be visible to the vulva. And then after ovulation occurs, progesterone takes over. And progesterone is a heating hormone. So after ovulation, your temperature will shift. And it will be a small shift, but noticeable if you plot it on a chart, in a, on a graph, and it will stay high. So the shift is sustained and it's due to the effects of the ovarian hormone progesterone. So you can use your basal body temperature to confirm ovulation has occurred. And this is really helpful because when you see cervical mucus, it doesn't actually guarantee that you've ovulated. So sometimes I will refer to our fertility as waves, especially if you have longer cycles. Um, or if you're going through like a transition, like off of hormonal birth control, or if you are postpartum or maybe experiencing your perimenopause years, then these waves of cervical mucus are really um, common, especially in people who are just stressed out. I mean, like who's not stressed out. So you'll have these waves of, oh, mucus is there. No, it's not. Mucus is there. And then it goes away. So to confirm that this cervical mucus wave or this wave of fertility did accompany ovulation, Temperature is your best friend. So temperature will let you know because if the cervical mucus has come and gone, 
but your temperature still is low and hasn't shifted, then you know to expect another wave of cervical mucus. And you also know, you know, don't get, don't be worried when your period doesn't come because like I said, like I always tell people, your period is never late. In fact, it comes on time every time. It's ovulation that's delayed. So if you can confirm when ovulation happens, then not only do you know that it's safe to have unprotected sex, if that's your intentions, you'll also be able to count how many days until your period will come. And who doesn't want that superpower? Right. (laughs) What do you got to do? Well, first you have to go get yourself a thermometer. And I personally use and send all of my clients and recommend a good old basic glass thermometer that you can just pick up from any drugstore or pharmacy or grocery store. And I like the glass thermometers because they don't make any noises or beeps. They don't disturb, you know, you in the morning or anyone you might be sleeping with. Um, You don't have to turn it on. It's, you just throw it under your arm or in your mouth or wherever you're using it. And you can take your temperature easily for the minimum 10 minutes. And so it's the most accurate way to confirm ovulation and assess your thyroid health, which is really great because um, anybody who's interested in their health, specifically their menstrual cycle health, is interested in their thyroid health. So you can feed two birds with one scone. You can confirm ovulation and gain insight into your thyroid health this way. Or you can also get yourself a digital thermometer. And there's digital thermometers are great. It's just that they take the reading a little bit too fast. So especially if you're going to buy yourself a digital thermometer, don't get like one that's geared towards children or babies, like with animals on it, because those are favorite thermometers. And so they'll take the reading way too quickly. So get yourself a digital with at least two decimal points. And you can even put it under your arm or in your mouth for those 10 minutes before turning it on to allow it to warm up. Mm. And then you have uh, some smart thermometers. So there's like the temp drop, which is a wearable thermometer that you put around your arm and you put it on right before bed. And it takes thousands of temperatures, thousands of recordings throughout the night, and then uses an algorithm to spit out what it believes is your resting temperature. Can be super useful for uh, people who um, don't wake up at the same time every morning or have shift work or insomnia or you know postpartum or just really want to make temping really easy. Um, it's just important to, to note that temperatures with the temp drop are not the most accurate BBT because you have to have five hours of minimum sleep to do that. So while it will confirm ovulation, you can't really gain any insight into your health using the temp drop. Like you can with a glass thermometer, for example. And then, then you have the thermometers like Daisy or natural cycles or lady comp. So these thermometers, they are the ones I least recommend because they use your temperature to try to predict when you're fertile. Mm -hmm. And like I already said, you can't predict when you're going to ovulate. You can't predict this. You have to, you have to see it on a daily basis. And so I don't like anything that don't recommend anything that tries to predict where you are in your cycle. Right. And so those wouldn't really highly recommend those. So you've got yourself a thermometer. The next thing you got to do is simply start taking it first thing in the morning. And a lot of people get really like tied up and stressed out about their, about temp taking. And it really doesn't have to be like when you wake up in the morning, take your temperature and write down the time. That's, that's all you got to do. Um, I do recommend taking it for 10 minutes because 10 minutes is the way you can get the most accurate reading. And like I said, if you're confirming ovulation with this, you might as well get some information about your health too. And you're least likely to have like 
really crazy readings that are hard to, hard to assess this way too. And ideally you take your temperature after a minimum of five hours of sleep and you take it around the same time, same time every morning. But honestly, like you're speaking to, you know, I'm a night owl. I don't wake up. Like I wake up sometimes at seven 30 and sometimes at 10 30, sometimes at 12 30. So I'm not somebody who wakes up the same time every day. So when I'm, what's important with temperature is not the individual temps and it's the pattern. It's the full, it's the, the full picture that you're looking at. So it's not a big deal. If even half of your temperatures on your chart are inaccurate, that's okay. What I tell people when they're taking their temp is just take it and note it. So when you take your temperature, just write down what time you took it so that when you are looking back and you're trying to confirm ovulation, you can rule out the disturbances and clearly see the shifts. But it's important to continue taking it every day anyways, because you just want to fall out of the habit and you want to make a routine. Yeah. Right. And so, and I know that you um, really appreciate the benefits and, you know, wellness of a routine, everything like with your book and everything is like, you know, writing things down and charting and taking your temperature every day. So even though it can be really overwhelming at first to be having to do all of these things, um, I just really want to welcome people into that routine. And a lot of people have told me that charting and paying attention to your mucus, your temperature, and even your cervical position can be like a meditative practice. It's a mindful practice. So yeah. As you're explaining all that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, this, this is like a meditative practice, you know, Mm -hmm. taking your temperature for 10 minutes while you're doing that, you could just be doing some really nice, slow breath work, right? Like how we wake up in the morning sets Mm -hmm. our tone for the day. You could be saying some mantras in your head, whatever is calling you or, or, you know, is being called to you. You could do that and, and just make it like a, a routine. And yes, like you said, I, um, I had spoke about it, I think two podcasts ago, I was talking about the release of my book. So I had wrote a book to help women connect with the different energies of their cycle mm-hmm. as we move through follicular ovulation, pre-menstruation, also known as lute- luteal, um, and then your menstruation. So all of this, what Chloe's sharing and what my book's about, it actually all goes hand in hand. <laughs> and this is what I always say too. It's, you know, with our health, it's looking at the physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual where we are, like, it doesn't matter for eating kale and all the good foods. If we're stressed out, which Chloe's like, who isn't stressed out nowadays? Um, your, your, your health may not be perfect. You may be, have these imbalances, which could affect your ovulation, which could affect when you're going to get your bleed or how your periods are. Are you having heavy bleeds? Are you having menstrual cramps? Are you having headaches and moodiness? Right. So just really tapping into all of this. So Thank you for all that great information, uh, Chloe. And so I s- remember seeing in one of your posts that you wrote, um, fertility awareness is not for everybody. Mm. Um, who would you not recommend it for? Or like, who is it for? Well, I mean, after I've just laid out all that's involved in a fertility awareness practice, not everyone wants to finger test their cervical mucus. Not everyone wants to take their temperature every morning. Not everyone wants to check their cervical position. So that's required, right? And so if you don't want to do those things, then it's not going to be effective. (laughs) And that's fair. That's totally fair. I remember when I was studying this with the Justice College International five years ago, I remember like just 
I want, I just couldn't wait to like make a Facebook post and be like, guess what? I'm teaching natural birth control. This is going to be amazing. And I thought everybody was going to like want to call me. <laughs> and then when it wasn't like, I realized, wait, so you're not as crazy about this event? <laughs> you know, and you realize that it's not, not in the, isn't necessarily for everyone. And so, you know, that's okay. Um, another thing too is if, you are on hormonal birth control for medical reasons, right? Then coming off of hormonal birth control and practicing fertility awareness can be, can be really intimidating. And now a lot of people think that I'm anti-pill because I'm a fertility awareness educator and I'm not, I'm really not. I'm just wanting people to make informed decisions. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, I have a, a friend who is a nurse and she is experiencing really bad period pain right now. And I think she's just studying. So she's just learning at the end of her education. And we talked about her practicing fertility awareness. And she's like, you know what? I just couldn't take that on right now. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, go off hormonal birth control because I need it to essentially get by through my day right now. And that's okay. Right. So when they're ready and when they're in a place in, you know, their life, their lifestyle where they can go off of the hormonal birth control and then really have the time to assess and learn about what's the root cause of that, whatever it is, their period pain, their, you know, irregular cycles, their PMS, right? It takes time and it takes a lot of love and care and attention. And it's fair to say that not everybody is in that place in their life right now that they can do that. Yeah. And that's okay too. Um, to learn fertility awareness, right? It also, like I said, it takes, I say a minimum three months to learn before using it as birth control. And again, that might not be in somebody's, somebody's um, uh, availability right now. And um, of course, I recommend learning with an instructor. So that also is a financial investment that somebody may or may not be ready for. And what else? It also requires bodily autonomy and consent. And I really acknowledge that some women and people with cycles may not be in a situation where they have that right now. And so having an IUD or taking hormonal birth control so that they can have some control over their fertility in particular situations is something that I also acknowledge and would never shame those people for using hormonal birth control, right? So it does take being in a relationship where you can communicate, this is where I am in my cycle. I am capable of getting pregnant. Um, yeah. And so, and I mean, on the flip side of that, it's another really great way to foster that kind of communication with your partner or partners and can be a beautiful thing too. But these are all the things that you really need to consider if you want to practice fertility awareness. Yeah, it's it's some work, right? It's just not an over overnight thing that's going to happen. And I love how you say about the birth control. I'm with you on the same page with um I'm not against birth control. I do talk a lot about, but it's to create awareness and educate. I say I'm pro choice for birth control, pro choice for life, abortions, whatever. But I think it's super, super important for women to be properly educated. And I feel like, unfortunately, in a lot of situations, this isn't the case. You walk into the doctor and I've even been there and they're just pushing birth control on you. And it's like, well, but can you explain potential other side effects that this birth control is going to give us or could potentially happen? You know, gut issues, um, it could impact your mental health, your sex drive, right? 
So just being um, educated and aware. And like you said, you know, if you don't have the capacity or you're not ready mentally, emotionally, for whatever reason to go down this fertility awareness journey at this time, then that is okay. And honor that. And then maybe one day, um, once you start, you know, feel like you're ready to connect more, then this is when you get to dive into this beautiful practice. Exactly. And for anyone who wants to learn more about uh, the history of hormonal birth control or the effects that they've had on um, our bodies, then a new documentary that's recently out that I absolutely love is called The Business of Birth Control. And I remember when I first started studying uh, fertility awareness five, six years ago now, they were working on it and they just released it. And I watched it a few nights ago and it's just so empowering. And so that's a documentary I highly recommend. Is this the one Nicole Jarman was talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool people featured in the film. Okay, yeah. I I do want to see it. I have not watched it yet, but it is Mm -hmm. on my list. I'm not a big person to watch too much TV, but I guess this gets to be on my list. (laughs) So tell me about (laughs) this cervix uh, portrait party, right? Is that correct? It is. Okay. So is it even more something different than what you have been talking about? I'd love to hear about it. Mm-hmm. The cervix portrait party is exactly what it sounds. It's a party for taking photos of your cervix. And it all started a few years ago now when I was getting a routine STI checkup, just like a routine pelvic exam. And the nurse who was doing it for me, we were chatting. And of course I was mentioning what I do. And then I was a fertility awareness educator. So she had the speculum in and she was looking at my cervix and she'd asked me if I'd ever seen it. And I realized like, no. And I thought, how crazy that I've been checking my cervical mucus for 10 years. I checked my cervical position. You know, I've had doctors and nurses and other healthcare practitioners look at it, prod it, see it. I've had partners, you know, have interactions with it. And I've never seen my cervix. So of course I said, yes, I wanted to see it. So she had me sit up, which in itself was like, holy Hannah, because you know, when you have a speculum in, it just feels like you freeze and it's just like, just get it over with. It's such an intimidating process. Right. So I sat up without any pain, which was surprising in itself. And she held up a hand mirror. I saw my cervix for the very first time. And it was magical. It was so moving. I cried. It was the cutest wet pink little donut I had ever seen. And that was it. I was like, I need to create this experience for more people. Yeah. And so I went, I had a client at the time who was working in a clinic and I mentioned it to her that I was interested in doing this. And she said, Oh, I can get you some speculums. So I think she gave me five speculums and I kept one for myself and I gave one to my best friend. And then I went on Instagram and said, who wants to see their cervix? And I found three other people in Edmonton to come over and use speculums and see our cervix and take photos. So that's how it was born. And it was funny because when I was preparing to do the party, I thought, oh my goodness, like I should really practice this. I should really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so I didn't want to use my best friend um, because I wanted her to experience it at the party. So I called my mom and I said, mom, I need you to help me take a photo of my cervix. And she, I, my mom, she's just the best. She, sometimes I, she doesn't know what the hell I'm up to, but she's just the most supportive <laughs> So I went over and I inserted the speculum and, you know, come on over and take the photo. And uh, 
I remember she just thought I was crazy and she took the photo and she looks at the little hole and she's like, that's where the baby comes through. She's like, incredible that that little teeny tiny hole, you know, opens 10 centimeters to, you know, allow birth. It's just incredible. So it was a really, really amazing experience. So my very first cervix portrait was actually taken by my mother. And since then I've taken, oh my goodness, I don't know, hundreds of photos of cervixes. And I've, I've offered them um, here in Edmonton and I've driven down to Spirit Weaver as a women's gathering that happens once a year and I've done it there. Um, but since the pandemic, I thought, mm. you know, everyone was sending me photos of their cervix. I'm like, how did you take that photo? And oh yeah, I just took it by myself with my, you know, with my iPhone or my smartphone. And so after, I don't know how many photos I received in my DMs to Instagram, I finally realized like, wait a second, maybe I can do this online. So I called my, my friend over and I said, come over, bring your phone, bring your speculum. We're taking photos. And so we practiced doing it ourselves because typically in the, in the traditional party that I started, I would show you how to use the speculum so that you can, so you can see uh, and find your cervix yourself. And then after all of the, Ooh, Oh, there she is, which I never get sick of hearing. I would come with a traditional camera that can zoom, zoom out. And I would put it in the speculum and snap a photo. Yeah. And so I would take the photo. Um, you can imagine you're juggling a few things when you're doing it yourself. So you have like the speculum and the flashlight and the camera or your phone. So, but people were doing it. And so I practiced, yeah, with my girlfriend and we, you know, I figured out some tips and how to help. And now I've been offering it online. So it's fun. It's so much fun. This sounds amazing. I have never seen my cervix and like I've done many things, like, but that is not one thing I've done. So um, something else I get to try out and explore. When are you? Oh, I would be happy to send you a speculum. So that you can oh, I'll it. be happy to receive one. You could even actually, my parents are coming down to LA. You can send it to my mom's place, which would probably be instead of. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. What are you doing with this, Kim? So quickly, I'll just tell the listeners I'm in LA. Chloe's in Edmonton. Edmonton is my home city where I'm originally from. So I found her on Instagram and I was like, wow, we're in the same work. So I'm like, I need to get this woman on my podcast and connect with her and see her in person. And, um, this is great. Hopefully one day we could actually see each other in physical, physical life. I would love that. (laughs) So I just wanted to share that with, um, the listeners quickly. So I am very honored to have a hometown, hometown girl on my podcast. Edmonton represent. (laughs) Most people are like, where is Edmonton? (laughs) No one knows where it is. So are you hosting another um, cervical portrait party anytime soon? Yeah, I offer them once every few months. Okay. And I usually offer them in a few different times, like a few different dates and a few different times, because now with it online, right? I've had people from Germany, from Hong Kong, from Australia, all over come to the party. So I try to, I try to make it accessible with the time zones. Um, yeah. And so the best way to know if a party is coming up is just to follow me on Instagram and, or join my newsletter. And, uh, I can, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch. Also, I have a wait list. So if people are like, yeah, I want to be on the next one, then just, uh, get in touch with me and I will put you down. Okay. And I will have all of Chloe's information in the show notes as always. So it will be easy to connect with her. Um, so you shared so much great information here today uh, with fertility awareness, you know, our three key things that we're looking at temperature, cervical mucus, the positioning of our cervix. 
Uh, you went over who it's good for, when is a good timing when you're feeling connected to yourself, when you are in a, if you are in a relationship, in a relationship where your partner is going to support you through this so that you could communicate with them. Is there any other um, tips or strategies or something else that you would love to share with the listeners here today? Great question. I just want to remind everyone who's listening and who might, this might be brand new to that. There's a lot of unlearning that's involved with this. So for example, um, unlearning that we can become pregnant at every single day of our cycle or that our bodies are gross and should be remain shrouded in, you know, mystery. And we shouldn't, you know, be poking and prodding ourselves, for example. And that, yeah, know that it's a process and that it can be a beautiful thing to relearn about your fertility and that, oh, and here's the big one is that your fertility is not just about getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that our fertility is a beautiful thing that is here for us because we are the ultimate creators, right? And we can use our fertility to create other human beings, or we can use that creativity on a personal project or, you know, a book or a painting or a song or whatever that might be. And so I just want to invite everyone to like start that relearning, unlearning process and to really see their fertility in a whole new way. And if you want to see your cervix, get in touch with me. That sounds great. I I love how when you're saying the creativity, I was getting goosebumps as you're talking about it because I say that all the time. Like we are so powerful as women. We could create anything we want. So if you aren't calling in a child right now, that is okay. But with that energy, you could call in and create anything that you want in your life. And I also love what you're saying about the unlearning of looking at our bodies as gross. You know, they're unfortunately society, I feel has kind of painted that picture for us. But outside of looking at cervical mucus to determine if we're pregnant or where we are with our ovulation, let's talk about our menstrual blood. There's so much ew around that stuff, right? But it's such a sacred, beautiful time. Um, You know, our menstrual, uh, the time of our bleed is a monthly detox that we get, right? We get to detox physically, but also mentally, emotionally. Um, There's so much life actually in that blood. And this is how I first uh, saw Chloe. I saw one of her posts that she was giving her plants her menstrual blood. And I was like, that's my girl because I do the same thing, right? So it's just really learning to unlearn and love your body, all parts of it all of it. And this whole process that us women get to go through, it's really a beautiful process, the whole cycle, 365 days a year, not just our bleed, um, that we get to connect with. Jim, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. you. I was just like going off with what you were saying because I was lit up when (laughs) you were speaking. So I just wanted to continue with that. Um, If you don't have anything else to add here today, Chloe, once again, I just want to thank you so much for joining me. And as I said earlier, all of Chloe's information will be at the bottom of the show notes. Be sure to reach out. I hope to see some of you maybe in uh, one of her uh, cervix portrait parties because this sounds amazing. And I will see you beauties next week. 